Hello, y'all, and welcome to the Candy for Trees podcast. My name is Persephone Jam, and I am your host with the most this fine Thursday. And today we are going to completely revisit my play, Lavender and Scissors, in audio. So here's how it's going to work. I am going to read the play aloud, dramatic reading style, telling you which character is speaking before they speak and reading aloud the like audio elements. Now, this is not a fully fledged production. This is just to get you interested in the play and possibly to act in it. You can pick up a copy of Lavender and Scissors at my website, perrysmind.com. And if you're interested in acting in it, you can let me know. And I will give you the link on Perry's Mind with the transcription of this episode. Without further ado, Act 1 of Lavender and Scissors. Act 1. Scene 1. Narrator. Our story begins one balmy summer evening on a war-torn world. The god emperor who once ruled the world was killed by his son, Walter Marsh, 43 years ago exactly. It's on this momentous day that the daughter of two of Marsh's war buddies is getting ready for a royal ball as the escort of a nobleman. Her cousin is helping her. The world is again on the brink of destruction, but they are currently unaware of it. Theo. Okay, how in the name of Old Earth are you going to pull this one off, Tara? How'd you even get an invite to an imperial ball in the first place? Tara. (laughs) I have my ways, Theo. Theo, is this about Quill? Tara, Quill is my date, yes. Theo, ugh, really? Can't there be another nobleman you can screw? Tara, he's giving me everything I need. I'll get rid of him soon enough. After leading him on for, what, eight months now? Don't you think that's just a bit cruel? Tara, Let's change the subject. I'm sweating like a pig. Can you open that window a little more? Weirdo. Opens window. Crowd noise below. Theo. Damn, they're really excited down there. This is going to be one big solar eclipse. Tara. Don't forget this is ousting day too. Can you believe it's been 43 years since Marsh killed the God Emperor? The world's really woken up, hasn't it? Theo. Yeah, speaking of which, that drunk guy who came into that tea bar we were volunteering was really weird. No granddaughter of Marta Astro should be working in a tea bar, he said. I mean, I know who Marta Astro is, but I'm not her granddaughter. There's no way in hell that's true. I never knew my mom or my grandmother, but there's no way. Dad didn't know Marta Astro or her daughter, did he? Tara, I don't know. I know there's a legend that her daughter escaped the High Keep after the Falcon War ten years ago. But everyone knows that's just a legend. I'm not sure how your dad would have known them, though it might make sense. Theo. You're lucky to have known your mom. Tara. I wouldn't say that. My mom was as cold and calculating as my dad. She was not a warm individual at all, but she did get things done. My parents told me stories of the time before and after the God Emperor died, though, and the Falcon War broke out shortly after I was rescued. Theo. How old were they when the God Emperor died? 
Tara. My mum was twenty and my dad was twenty-five. Young, right? Theo. I'm a little older than your mom was when that happened. I haven't done anything with my life. Tara, you'll do great things, I promise you. Now, will you help me tighten this corset? Theo. Huh? Cinches up corset, Tara inhales sharply. <gasps> Theo, do you really need this corset? You're thin enough already. Tara. One word, Theo. Fashion. To get what I need, I need to blend in. Theo. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I just wish I could be thin like you sometimes. Tara. Quit tearing yourself down. You're beautiful how you are. Theo. Thank you. Tara. I hope you're never in a place where you have to blend in all the time. You deserve to stand out. Theo. So do you. Tara. No, I don't. I lost that privilege long ago. Theo. I don't think so, at least. Tara. Like most things in life, things are more complicated than they seem more often than they should be. I'm paying my dues. Theo. What happened with Tom doesn't count. Tara. I've done far more than you can imagine. I won't scare you. Theo. I'm not easily scared. You know that. We're cousins. You can tell me anything. I've told you this before. Don't act all mysterious. Tara. You cried when you had to kill a bee the other day. You won't like this one, trust me. Theo. Can I tell you something? Tara. What's going through your mind? Theo. These headaches. I'm starting to be able to hear what people are thinking. You sound convoluted, but that's to be expected. Am I crazy? I've always heard that mind readers are evil. Am I evil? Tara. Come closer over here. Theo brings chair over and begins to comb and style Tara's hair. Tara. You know I can smell things that shouldn't have smells, right? If I can smell lavender and someone's about to die, you aren't crazy or evil to be able to hear thoughts. Theo. <sighs> Thank you so much. What's cinnamon, then? Tara. Something I haven't smelled in years. I barely believe it's true. You can look deeper if you want. Theo. Some guy you used to beat at chess? You're gonna see him tonight? Tara. Not just some guy. We've been seeking each other for years. Theo. And let me guess, he smells cinnamon too? Tara. I think so. I can't always look that far ahead. If he's anything like the man I remember, yes, strongly. Theo. Could you be soulmates? Tara. I hate that word, but maybe. Theo. Why? Tara. Seeing the future doesn't always make you the kindest person in the world. You see things better than anyone else. Let me tell you, the word soulmate is both overused and misused. I'm afraid for people who claim to have found their soulmate still to this day. Theo. Is it because of Tom? Tara. Yes, 
I know that I married him over half my life ago, but I thought he was my soulmate at the time. You know full well how wrong I was. I don't ever want to be that wrong again. Theo, tell me the truth. Did you kill him or not? Tara, I have no idea, still to this day. All I remember was the smell of lavender. I woke up here in the kitchen with a pair of scissors and never showed up in his part of town again. Theo, so you blacked out? Tara, yeah, exactly. But the worst part of it is that I think I caused the Falcon War if I really did kill him. Theo, what? How? Terra. Tom was the eye in the sky for the entire empire. He worked for the highest bidder and gathered a lot of information about all sides of the conflict to be. So when he died, all that information was auctioned off and made public. The empire won it and all sorts of secrets came out and a lot of people were pissed off. So the war began. If I recall, it all started over a Bjeldsen chemical bomb that the rebels had purchased and were about to deploy. Theo. Oh, wow, he knew this? Terra, he knew everything. The instructions in his will were clear. Hold an auction. Whoever wins gets all the information and can do with it what they want. The Empire used it to crush the rebellion. Or so they thought. Theo, I know we established this before, but Tom was evil. Terra, you're telling me. Now, Quill's here. I'll see you later. Rustling of skirts as Tara leaves the room. Theo sighs. Narrator. Meanwhile, the person Tara seeks is in his garden, procrastinating, getting ready for the ball. Act 1, Scene 2. Narrator. Basil is in his garden on the palace roof. He's 40 years old, painfully quiet, but very smart. His aunt and uncle are the figurehead rulers of the Empire, and they would rather he marry than grow herbs like he does. He recognizes that they have wishes, but given that their wishes are dumb, he is elected to ignore them until now. It's misting slightly and the wind is blowing. A storm is brewing, threatening to break the heat of the afternoon. He's deep in thought and tending to his plants, humming and muttering to himself. Something catches him off guard. Basil. Come on, chamomile. I know you can grow. Hop to it. Lavender, be calm. Same with you, Mint. Nobody told you you could grow there, did they? Sleepboard, what do you think you're doing? Big gust of wind. Basil. Wow, that's some storm coming straight out of the east. They never come from there this time of year. Wait, I smell cinnamon. Well, I'll be damned. She's coming back at last. Herbs, I'll be back tomorrow. He hastily weatherproofs the garden and darts back to his room. <sighs> Rifles through closet. Best outfit, best outfit. Where are you? I need you tonight. Knocks on door. Basil. Ain't you got a job to do? I'm busy. Another knock. Basil. You heard me. Basil's aunt, muffled. Basil, the ball is supposed to begin in ten minutes. Be ready on time, please. For once. Basil. Yes, I'm 
Damn garden sucking all my time away. Act 1, Scene 3. Narrator. Basil is not ready on time, despite his belated best efforts. The ball has already begun when he arrives. He sits in a far corner of the ballroom, takes out a book, and begins to read. Meanwhile, Tara and Quill arrive. Announcer. Michael Quill, Lord Peccary, and escort. Tara audibly flinches. <laughs> they walk down the stairs and enter the ballroom. Music begins. Quill. Why can't we show up fashionably late next time, love? Tara. Nobody's hogging the punch bowl at this hour, dear. Quill. You and your punch bowls. Why do they punch so much again? Tara. Simply put, punch keeps me from punching someone. Quill. Tara, you wouldn't have to fly. Tara. Depends on how big the fly is. Quill. Fair, I suppose. Shall we dance? Tara. Sure. Basil sees Tara and gets up and goes to the punch bowl. Quill and Tara dance through the song, and when it ends, Tara goes to get punch, brushes Basil, and nearly pukes on Basil's shoes. The cinnamon scent is so strong. Basil. Hey, you okay? Tara. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you. Wait. I know you. Basil. I know you too, Tara. Tara. Basil? In unison. Yes! Basil. I knew you'd be here. Tara. Somehow I knew you'd be here as well. That's kind of why I came in the first place. Basil. Wanna play chess? Tara. Oh no. Are you sure you want to do that? Basil. It's not like I practiced for 30 years or anything. Tara. Okay, fine. Let me go tell Quill that I'm going to the bathroom. This shouldn't take long. Basil. Michael Quill? You're saying you came with Michael Quill? Lord Peccary? Tara. Yeah, why? Basil. He's obnoxious. Loyal to a fault, but obnoxious. Empty-headed, too. Tara. You're telling me. Basil. Yeah, I am. He insulted my garden. He doesn't like me. Tara. I don't like him. Basil. Then why did you come with him? Tara. Information. He's been spilling top secret information for months. Basil. And let me guess, you sleep with him. Tara. Yes, he's coming this way. Quill. Tara, dear, are you alright? You look white as a sheet. Basil. The punch got to her before she could get to it. Quill. Oh, your highness, I didn't see you there. Tara. Huh? Basil. She needs to sit down for a bit. Quill. We won't bother you any further. Basil cuts him off. She isn't a bother. You, however, insulted my garden. Leave my presence immediately. 
Quill. Yes, yes, your highness. Quill skitters off. Basil. <laughs> Got rid of him for a bit, didn't I? Let's go play some chess. Tara. Hold up, you didn't tell me you were some kind of royalty. Basil. Crown prince is what I am. Tara. Basil! Basil. Tara, calm down. I'm no different than the gardening farm boy I was all those years ago. I just have a bigger garden now and my body hurts most days. You don't have to treat me any differently. Tara. Promise? Basil. <laughs> Triple promise. Tara laughs. <laughs> Tara. Where's your chessboard? Basil. Just around the corner. They walk around the echoey corner and Basil helps Tara sit down at a table with a chessboard on it. Basil. You move first. Tara. You sure? Basil. Quit second-guessing me. Your move. Chest sounds. Tara hums to herself. <laughs> Tara. I'm gonna win this one. He doesn't suspect a thing. Basil. Ha <laughs> Checkmate! Tara. What? How? It's only been two moves. Basil. <laughs> I have my ways. Tara. You sound like me. Basil. When I said I'd train for 30 years, I wasn't lying. Tara. You said you hadn't been training for 30 years, weirdo. Basil. I was making a joke, but I can see how it would be confusing. Rematch? Hard footfalls coming towards them. Theo. Tara, we have to go now. Tara. Theo, what in the name of? Theo, you know, ambush. Tara and Basil together. We do now. Big boom. Doors fly open. Party goers gasp. Kira Astros. Get in here, men, now. Kira, we're here for one thing and one thing only, folks. My <laughs> sister. Hand over Theo Astros or suffer the consequences. Theo. There's gotta be another Theo in here. There's gotta be another Theo in here. I'm no Astros. Elba Ochoa. Psst. Get over here and quit whining to yourself. You're gonna get all of us killed. Bring your cousin and the prince too. Chess can wait. Hanno! Lights out! Hanno Athelstan. Roger that, boss! Click. Phew. Power, palace powers down. Party goers. It's dark, it's dark! Nearby soldier. Where's my flashlight? Oh, power on! Other soldiers. Power on, power on! Little pops. Boop, 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 as flashlights turn on. Elba, very quietly. Huh, there we go. Hanno, which way is the staircase? Hanno, over here! Bump, 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 they climb the stairs. Elba. Here's to hoping nobody's up here. Surveys balcony. Good, we're clear! Pulls out and loads rifle. Silenced gunshots. Death noises as soldiers fall. Loud pop. Cormand McDowell cackles very loudly. <laughs> Elba. 
Damn it, Cormand! Now we're not clear! Cormand. Wash and learn, my young friend. Cormand puts on techno music and strobe lights and shoots the rest of the soldiers with a bow and arrows. <laughs> lights on, friends. Let's inspect the damage. Palace powers on. Corman, <laughs> I can do better. The top of his lungs. Bye, Kira. I'll see your great granddaughter. Kira, what? Pop. Boop. Act one, scene four. Narrator. The crew finds themselves in a cavernous hallway, bustling with people. Their red-headed rescuer, Carmen McDowell appears to be out of his mind. They soon learn that Cormand answers to nobody except one Walter Marsh. THE Walter Marsh. And this is begrudgingly, mind you. They've turned Cormand's house, slash compound, slash city, into the rebel base. Marsh wants to speak to the crew, especially Theo. When they arrive, the eclipse is to begin in ten minutes. Cormand. Welcome, welcome. This is where we live, love, and learn. Want a tour? Voice over loudspeaker. T-minus, ten minutes to eclipse totality. Proceed to launch bay. Corman. Wait! What are you idiots doing to my launch bay? I'll be back. Corman darts off. March approaches, boots falling heavy on the floor. Marsh. Elba! Elba. We got the hero out with some help. Marsh. I know, unsavory help at that. Where's the little red-headed runt gone anyway? Elba. He's planning on raising hell in the launch bay. Marsh over radio. Don't let McDowell touch the instruments! I repeat, do not let McDowell touch the instruments! Tara and Basil, in unison. <sighs> He's gonna touch the instruments. Crash in the distance. Marsh. Damn him! Elba. I'm pretty sure not even the devil himself would want that one, Grandfather. Marsh. I believe in forgiveness. Another crash. Marsh. <sighs> On second thought, I take that back. Have you introduced yourselves yet? Elba. I'm Elba Ochoa. My mom works in the sick bay, and dad's out in Trinity River, a village in the desert. Walter Marsh here is my grandfather. Theo. H hold it right there. Your grandfather is Walter Marsh? The Walter Marsh? Marsh. The very one. I'm sure you'll have questions. Please save them until after Hanno introduces himself. Hanno, go ahead. Um, hi. I'm Hanno Athelstan. I like books and stuff. Marsh. You can tell them more than that. Tell them what you do. Hanno. I have the 1989 Earth hit. We didn't start the fire. Memorized. Marsh. Tell them... More about what you do. Hanno. I memorize things. Tara. What do you memorize? Hanno. Textbooks mainly. My dad had me memorize his entire library. Tara. 
You have an entire library in your head. Hannah. Yeah. Theo. <laughs> that must be a massive headache. I can read thoughts, so I understand. Marsh. Theo, be careful who you tell that to. You're safe here, but be cautious in the future. Theo. Will do. Why can't I read your mind, Mr. Marsh? Marsh. Mr. Marsh? Who's that? <laughs> call me Marsh, since nobody around here seems willing to call me Walter. To answer your question, it's a preventative measure. I had too many run-ins with my father's police to not have preventative measures. Theo. Police? Tell me about them. Marsh. You get one story, then I want to hear about you. Theo. Seems fair. Marsh. <clears throat> My father's secret police were the Dreamwalkers. They could read and control minds. You can thank that red-headed punk who pulled you out of that palace for getting rid of them. Archer Marin, my... late wife, killed all except two in a massive explosion. One married a kicker, um, I mean, telekinetic. The other, Marta Astros, was the recipient of an ancient prophecy. The woman in white and your grandmother. She didn't get along with my then-future wife, the woman in red. But when they finally found out they had a common enemy, things changed. They became close friends. Before Marta met Archer, though, she gave birth to your mother. Theo. Do you know my mother? Marsh. No. I did, however, know Marta. Marta was as kind as she was stubborn, stubborn enough to defy all odds in her path, take up her enemy's sword, and join the fight for peace. I can imagine that her daughter would be no different. Theo. My dad knew her, though? Really? Marsh. Yes. He gave her her voice back. Theo. She couldn't talk? Marsh. Can't talk. She's still alive. Theo. Really? Could I go find her? Marsh. That's not advised at this moment. Theo. Why not? Because some upstart chick wants to capture me because I'm supposedly her sister? Marsh. Yes, she's very formidable. Theo. Who is she, anyway? Marsh. The Supreme Commander of the Empire. She wants you because of an ancient prophecy. Theo. Why in the world would she want me? I don't even want me most days. What prophecy? Marsh. In essence, the fate of the world rests in your hands. You must choose between good and evil to decide whether or not peace is restored to the land. Theo. What the hell kind of prophecy is that? Who am I to hold the fate of the world in my hands? Marsh. The greatest prophecy. You're our hero, a being of great power. Theo. My grandmother was a being of great power, if what you say is true. Not me. All I can do is a party trick. Marsh, don't ever call your abilities a party trick. They're far more than that. All of ours are far more than that. Theo, what if I don't want to be the hero? Marsh, that's always your choice, but I've found that sometimes greatness has a way of finding people. Voice, T-minus, five minutes to eclipse totality. Proceed to the launch bay.
Marsh. We better get going. Act 1, Scene 5. Narrator. Corman's Launch Bay. People are peering up through the glass ceiling at the eclipse, which is nearing totality. Crowd chatter. Theo. Why are we here? Elba. Grandfather, now's the time to speak, if at all. Marsh. You're right. Taps on radio. Ladies, gentlemen, friends. Kindly listen for a moment. We have suffered much. We stand here as refugees. Our homes have been burned by the Empire. Our families have been slaughtered by the Empire. Our future was robbed from us by the Empire. What a grand Empire it is, isn't it? An empire so great its commander must hide in the south of the world. An empire so great that it must show no mercy to even the unborn. An empire so great that for four hundred years, my father, Spitz, crowd Spitz, took the memories, the cultures, the very free will of his people in order to remain in power. Is this empire really great? Crowd, no! Marsh. And now, our brave, honorable men and women are dying as they have for generations before to earn our freedom. How much longer must we fight? How much longer must our dear commander hide away? How much longer must our people die? I say to you, on this 43rd anniversary of the death of the God Emperor, as this eclipse reaches totality, remember that this is not an occasion for mourning. This is a time of celebration. We have been saved. Look to the sky. So silent you could hear a pin drop as the eclipse reaches totality. Jason Belisarius lets out a loud war whoop Woo! from deep inside the city. Crowd jumps slightly. <laughs> Bell, voice getting louder. Who are we? The th 13th Legion. 13th Legion! Bell, what are we called? 13th Legion. The survivors, sir! Bell, why do we fight? 13th Legion. To defend system, world, home, and family. Call a calls, Legion, chants in rhythm. Call! Who are we? Second Legion. The Second Legion! Call. How does the world know us? Second Legion. The Peregrine Legion! Call. What do we fight for? Second Legion. Past, present, and future! Singing. Rhythmic footsteps. Chaplain. Reapers! Reapers, yes, chaplain. Chaplain, we are few. Reapers, but we are proud. Chaplain, <laughs> show them who's boss. Reapers, beat the 13th and 2nd legions into the launch bay. Chaplain, Cormand Marsh McDowell, where the devil are you? This is the chaplain your mother always told you about. Corman, chaplain? You're real? 
Chaplin. I'm real. Of course I'm real. Would your mother lie to you? Corman. No, I don't think she would. Chaplin. <laughs> Come out. Let me get a good look at you. Corman. Here I am. Damn, you're tall. Chaplin. Ten feet, seven and a quarter inches tall. Tallest person I know. Theo. A ten foot tall person? Who are these people? Where'd they come from? Clattering of boots. Call. What'd we miss? Long silence in the 13th Legion's general direction. Soldier. General Belisarius, what are your orders? Bell. Stop. Wait. Observe. Soldier. Yes, sir. Call. Without missing a beat. Corman McDowell, your highness! Second Legion kneels. Second Legion. Hail, Lord Corman! Elba. They need to stop before that man gets an even bigger head. Chaplain. Reapers! Reapers. Yes, Chaplain? Chaplain. Kneel before the heir to the throne. Reapers kneel. Bell. Thirteenth Legion! Kneel! Ormond. Ha <laughs> ha, this won't be necessary. Thirteenth Legion. Hail, Lord Cormond! Cormond. <laughs> Maybe I could get used to this. Elba. Hey, big-headed one! We need to hop to it! Marsh. Elba, let him have his moment. Heno. I'm with Elba. This makes me sick. Elba. What he said? Cormand McDowell! Cormand. Me? Elba. No, your dog! Yes, you! Take your big army and let's get planning! Cormand. Come on, army, you heard the lady. Let's get y'all situated. Act 1, Scene 6. Narrator. A passage in Cormand's Tunnel City. A reaper has managed to catch a passing friend from the Second Legion and wants to have an urgent conversation with them. Simon, reaper. Anne, wait! Can we talk for a minute? Anne, second. Simon? Yeah, I have five! What's going on? Simon, I don't like these people. Anne, why not? Because they're different from us? Simon, Chaplin had us do our research on this bunch like they're an enemy. You'd not believe the things we dug up, and that's only with the limited evidence we got from Lord Corman's mom's bracelet and some other stories. They're all for torture, genocide, cult-like fanaticism. And cutting Simon off. You don't really believe everything the chaplain says, do you? Aren't they a fanatic as well? Simon, well. Anne, I think you're just being paranoid. Be careful. Hey, I gotta go. General's called an urgent meeting. See you around? Simon, yeah, see ya. Anne scampers off. Simon, I'm not just being paranoid. I know that. That one guy, Marsh, obliterated villages in the Mansicut range just because they might be loyal to the Empire almost single-handedly. The blood he has on his hands should be flooding a room. Theo, um, excuse me? Simon, startled out of his mind, using best customer service voice. Oh, hi, I didn't see you there. Can I help you? Theo, yeah, I was just wondering where my cousin's room is. I don't know if you'd be able to help, would you? Simon. <clears throat> Pulls up map on wristband. Damn map! Load! Theo. <laughs> Technology, am I right? 
Simon. <laughs> yeah, the map doesn't like it here. Theo. Where are you tall people from, anyway? Simon. Home. Theo. Home? Simon. Home. Our planet. Home. Theo. Your planet's called home and that's all? Simon. Yeah. What do you call your planet? Theo. Here? The technical name for it is Gaia, but if I were talking to someone not from here, I guess I would call here home. Simon. See what I mean? Theo. What's home like? Simon. War-torn. We've been fighting for a thousand years over who gets to rule our system after the heir apparent, Princess Maya, disappeared. We found out who took her, but she was happy where she was, so we didn't disturb her. What a mistake that was. Cormand is her son, and our only hope of winning the war for home. The deal we made was that if we help the rebellion, we'll get what we need to win our own civil war. Theo. What's that? Simon. We don't know. Is the information classified? Simon. No, it's not. We actually don't know. Theo. Then why are you here? Simon. Well, your questions never end. Hey, get out of my head! Theo. Sorry. Simon. Who do you think you are snooping like that? The hero herself? Theo. Actually, maybe. I'm Theo. Theo Astros. Simon. You're, you're kidding. Theo. I'm not. Simon. Hang on. Computer. It's true, Cole. Believe the girl. Don't be weird. Theo. Your computer's talking to you? Can you get her to pull up the map? Simon. Comp, pull up the map, please. Computer. Sure thing, weirdo. Simon. Since you're the hero, Miss Astros. Theo. Theo, please, just Theo. I'm probably going to get that a lot, aren't I? Simon. Yep, probably. Can I ask you a question? Theo. Sure, what's up, Cole? Simon. Cole's my last name. First name is Simon. How does this mind-ready thing work, anyway? Theo. <sighs> Don't know for sure. All I know is that it's a he massive headache. Simon. Weird. I heard that stuff like this was a gift from this world's gods, but then things went south. Theo. Hell if I know. I'm new here. Simon. Well, I'm new here, too. If you want to hang out, I'm over in the Reaper section, room 16. Theo. How I know if you're home? Simon. Oh, uh, take this. This will beep any of us. My code is 664. Theo. 664, 664. I think I got it. Simon produces a pin. Theo clips pin on with a snap. Theo. Thanks, Simon. <laughs> Voice over speaker. Theo Astros, please report to the war room. Theo Astros, please report to the war room. You have ten minutes. Theo, well, that's my cue. Wait, where's the war room? Simon, tap the pin. It'll tell you all you need to know. Theo taps pin. Pin computer. The war room is 160 paces away. Theo, see ya! Simon, see ya, hero. Have a good time. Theo runs off. 
I hope you enjoyed this take of Lavender and Scissors, Act 1. Again, you can find a full script on perrysmind.com and a full transcript will be up within the day. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Candy for Trees podcast. My name is Persephone Jam and I am your host with the most. Stay tuned next Thursday for a new episode. Thank you.